I actually needed that little comic relief right there. Thank you. Um, as you can tell, we're talking about ambition. And always I want to say thank you to Yancey and Matt for giving me this lesson and the opportunity to speak. Uh, maybe they gave it to me because I'm a very ambitious person and I'm very carpe diem type. Go out and get it. So it was a good lesson for me to learn about ambition. So thank you so much for that. And I hope you're encouraged and edified by this lesson. Obviously, the word ambition does not appear in your Bible. We don't. Everyone knows that. So we're just going to go right to the definition of it, which I asked a few people out here. And everyone seemed to know the definition of ambition off the top of their head. And here it is. An earnest desire for some type of achievement or distinction as power, honor, fame, wealth, and the willingness to strive for its attainment. The example given is too much ambition caused him to be disliked by his colleagues. And then the other two definitions we're not going to talk about as much, but they're there. That's, off, that's right off the dictionary.com. So but that's what ambition is. And the goals of this lesson I've pulled right from the uh, objectives given to me. It's what it is. Is it good? Is it bad? And does ambition have its place? If it does, what is that place? The two scriptures that were given uh, from Jesus is Matthew 20, 20 through 28, and Mark 10, 35 through 45. These are the exact same story, and I should have moved this out of the way. The only difference is in the story that I'm using, there's no pointer. If you look at the first verse, it talks about the mother of Zebedee's sons, and in Mark's version, the mother is not mentioned. It's just the two sons. But it's the exact same words given. Jesus' response is exactly the same, so I just put them together. But here's the scriptures, and we'll, we'll read it now. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one at your right hand and the other on your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. Then said to him, we are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink the cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those that are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Uh, when I was in college, and Ryan was there with me, I met a lot of young men that were very not ambitious. They were not inspired. They were very as we'll see later, apathetic. I, I see a general declining, and I look at society, I don't see ambitious people that really want to go out there and get it. I see a lot of people that are reactionary, let things happen to them versus the way I go out and do things. So I see a negativity or hostility toward ambition, and I don't believe that is the case. Um, this is the, the dichotomy. Michael used that word earlier, I believe, the good word, dichotomy. I think it's a false dichotomy, really, what you usually get in pe people pictures is this man's very ambitious. You get somebody on your left, workaholic, somebody who sacrifices friends, family, everything like that. And then, or you get somebody that's on your right, which is Eeyore, which is just who cares? Gray, gloomy, everybody's down all the time. And I wish I could impersonate his voice right now, but I can't. 
But that's kind of what we see. And we see people getting bounced back and forth between two. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to act? Is it, am I supposed to be a hard charger or am I supposed to be just an Eeyore? Like I said, I, I believe that is a false dichotomy. So is it good or bad? Is ambition good or is it bad for you? That's one of the main questions that I don't really answer that. Uh, one of the examples I'm going to use is fire. Fire is a terrible thing, right? This is my hometown. Uh, the picture on the left is how my hometown usually looks, just an absolutely beautiful place in very upstate northern California. And the picture on the left bottom is the fire. And my house was my parents' house, about 100, 200 yards from losing it. I mean, it's, they're right on the line of the fire. Uh, the picture on the right and the bottom, that's the town of, or community of French Gulch. It basically got burned to the ground. There's nothing left. And the top right, I share that on my Facebook, it has a fire NATO. It looked like a tornado because of the smoke. It was a pretty awesome sight. Fire is a terrible thing, right? Everybody, yeah, you, I'm leading you on. You know, you know I'm leading you on. We are dead without it. We are absolutely dead. If you live in the northern climate, you don't make it through the winter. And if you live in a tropical climate, you can't eat meat. You will get a disease. That's why they still cook everything in Nigeria, right? They don't eat anything raw. We, do, we can't survive without fire. So fire is a necessary thing. It is good, and we need to use it. It's how it's used. That's your answer to that. Here's another wonderful example I have. Uh, it was Columbus Day, what, a week ago, I think, maybe? But I couldn't really work him in too well. But the guy on your left is uh, Cortez, Hermando Cortez and the Aztecs. We probably know that from history. His ambition was to go to the new land and get money and wealth and power. Kind of what Jesus is talking about. He landed and he did some horrible things we know about that. And he, when he got there, he burned his ships to the ground. Doesn't make any sense. He burned his ships in the, in the, in the harbor. So these guys couldn't turn around. His goal was to get fame, wealth, money, power. And he did that. People on the right are the Puritans. There, there's the ships. Here's the Mayflower Compact. That's the whole thing on the right. That's a reproduction. But here's the first paragraph. In the name of God, amen, we, whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign, Lord King James, by the grace of God, of Great Britain, France, Ireland, King, Defender of the Faith, and Co., having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Two, two people, two groups of people, very ambitious. One, power, wealth, and the others, ambitious for God, to create a place where they could worship freely. How, and the way they worship is very, very similar to the way we worship. Very close. They, they believe in baptism, very close. We would consider them brothers. They're baptized brothers. So is ambition good or bad? It's how it's used. Here's the opening scriptures again. If you look at the yellow highlighted part, this is what Jesus is saying right here. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are a great exercise authority over them. They, if you want power, wealth, worldly, worldly ambitions, that's going to be wrong. That is not the way you're supposed to use the ambition. James 4, 13 through 17, another wonderful passage that people use 
for ambition. Come now, what, who you say, today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a place, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Here's the ambition for money. And James is saying, have me next verse. You're just a vapor, mist. You can't plan on that. What's the point of that? You're being ambitious for something that doesn't mean anything in the end. I believe Christians are supposed to be ambitious, without question. Romans 15, 20 through 21. This is Paul writing, obviously, right? And so I've made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. What is Paul's aim there? What, what, what does that mean? How does that translate? He wants to go do something for the Lord. He's ambitious to do something. In this case, it's to preach the gospel. And further in the context is to set up more churches. That is literally Mike's job, is it not? To preach the gospel, travel around, set up new churches in different areas and different countries and different worlds. The example we have is obviously Paul, and Mike's job is to fit that mold that Paul gave us as an evangelist. If Mike goes, man, I really don't want to preach anymore, then we're like, well, you really can't be an evangelist anymore. That's just kind of how that works. <laughs> Mike has to be ambitious. I don't know about you, but it takes a lot of ambition to go to a country where there's a good chance you can die, get really, really sick. Bad things can happen over there. That takes some ambition. It takes some zeal for the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Christians should be ambitious toward the Lord. And I want to focus on pleasing to him. If you look at uh, Romans 12, Paul gives them. Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Here Paul wraps it right into one sentence. You're ambitious, but you're ambitious to God right off the get-go. He just wraps it into one verse. But they're ambitious for spiritual gifts. Do you want to be a better preacher? Every single man should, if you preach and teach, you should be like, yes, I want to be a better preacher. You have an ambition to be a better preacher and teacher. If you're not so much a preacher type, you just want to study, you should be more ambitious on giving better studies. Better at the five-part or whatever system you want to use to evangelize somebody. You should be better at that. Find a way that you can be better at describing the, the cross of Jesus to a regular person. Right? You should be better at that. Be ambitious. Be better at it. How about prayer? I wish I was a better prayer. Actually, I just wish I was better at all those things, but that's probably the hardest one. Good, constant prayer life, good thoughts, good process. Instead, I get distracted with this or that. More wise and understanding. The elders, leaders, need to be more understanding. Very difficult job. Better servant. That applies to every single person in here. Spiritual gift. Be a better servant. There's the leader. Again, that, that can be for the deacons, obviously. It's Mike as well. Even if you're not in a leadership position... You need to work on those before you're ever put into position. Ambition toward God to serve him and what you do in your capacities. Is God ambitious? In Exodus 25 and Exodus 34, 14 up there, uh, I have the word jealous. I'm focusing on the word jealous there. For I, Lord your God, am a jealous God. And on the bottom verse you say, whose name is jealous is a jealous God. 
What did God mean by that? He wanted his people. He wanted his people to serve him. He wanted to be with his people. He'd come down in the tent of meeting. He'd be there with them. He wanted to be with his people. And if you know the stories about Exodus, this is a lot of stuff going on, but he wanted to be there with his people. Is that an ambition to be with somebody? Absolutely. If you want to be with Christ, your ambition is to be like Christ, to be with him. God's ambitious. What was the ambition of Christ? Was he ambitious toward us? For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. What was, he was to serve. I'm giving away my next slides. What is he serving right there? Who is he serving that top one? He's saving us. Why? Because God the Father gave him direction to. He's serving somebody right there. John 6, 38, For I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He's in service. He's under subjection. Why? The ambition for us. To be with us. God has always wanted to be with his people, so he physically came down and to become with us. In the very, uh, verse 28 there, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus Christ knew his service was going to cost him his life, and he did it anyway. That's the type of ambition we should have for Jesus, right? And I mentioned this in my last sermon. With, uh, I think I was picking on Mike again. If he knew that he was going to get a disease or black death, would he still go over there? Would you still do that? Jesus still did it. He knew the ambition. He knew what was going to happen. So, conclusion. Do you use the ambition you have and you, do you use it for the advancement of the kingdom of God? Do you use it to serve yourself? What happens if your ambition causes you to miss Sundays? What happens if your ambition causes you to miss the regular Bible study that you've been having for years, and now you have to miss it? Do you not take that job? Just study, though, right? It's not that, bit, it's not that important. What do you do? You are to use your ambition to become more spiritual and more godly, not more worldly. So, that's what I've prepared this afternoon. If, if there's any need for any brothers or sisters, please come forward as we stand and sing the song that has been selected. <laughs>